All right, welcome to the show. Here we are Wednesday, April 28th. And although Christine Elliott and Doug Ford seem to think it's not confusing when it comes to booking a vaccine and securing a vaccine, that's not what we're hearing. We're not hearing that from listeners. And my own experience was extremely confusing. I couldn't book, had to go, uh, you know, I found out through a text from a friend who just walked into a shopper's drug mart that they were giving out the shots to walk-ins. I hopped in my car after the show, drove down there, asked. They said, no, not really, but we'll book you an appointment for later this afternoon. And later that afternoon, there I am getting my shot. And an hour and a half later, my husband, who I also secured a spot for, also getting his shot. This has nothing to do with where what I do for a living. They had no idea. They didn't care. They shouldn't care. Uh, but I got my shot. But it was confusing. And I have a lot of friends in Toronto that are celebrating they, their fa- their shots, the fact that they've received their first dose, and also other ones that are really confused about when it's going to be their turn. We're in Toronto. It's technically a hot zone, but it's not really a hot zone. Um, so this is some good news. Toronto is partnering, partnering with Vaccine Hunters Canada. You've probably heard a representative from this grassroots volunteer group on 640 Toronto, because I know that they have been on this uh, a couple of shows now. Uh, and they are trying to help residents of the city of Toronto connect with COVID-19 shots. Here to talk about it, Joe Cressy, city councillor and chair of the board of health. Joe, this is good news for people that are very frustrated in the city of Toronto when it comes to the confusion about where, how, when they can get vaccinated. Yeah, listen, Kelly, you're, the story you shared about, and I'm glad to hear you and your, your uh, spouse got your shots, uh, unfortunately, is a, short, is a story that many have experienced, which is trying through the various pharmacies or the various clinics to register. Uh, it would have been much simpler and easier if there was a single website and a single phone number where you would simply go and put in your mm-hmm. name and your postal code, and you'd be able to find out what clinics were near you. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the system that has been rolled out across the province. And so uh, we need to do everything we can to make it easier. And so it's in that spirit, the city of Toronto, we just need to do everything we can to make it easier that that we've partnered with this grassroots volunteer initiative, Vaccine Hunters Canada, to help make people aware of upcoming doses that are available at city-run clinics. Uh, This is all about partnerships. I mean, this vaccine effort has been a partnership since day one between hospitals and pharmacies and others. And in the city, we are approaching it with that same spirit. We got to do everything we can, you know, remove every barrier, build every bridge to help people get vaccinated. You know, you bring up the fact that it's all about partnerships, and I get that. But should should the government have not been organizing partnerships and the central uh, booking system long ago? Well, listen, I mean, we have... uh, we have a provincial booking system that does, is not centralized with all vaccine providers uh, registered on that system. So you have pharmacies using different booking systems. You have some, like the City of Toronto, using the provincial booking system. You have other hospital partners that are using different booking systems. I mean, there should be a single centralized system. They have that mm-hmm. in Nova Scotia. They don't have that here. Um, but I don't think, you know, I can tell you, listen, as the chair of the Board of Health in Toronto, as, as much as I would prefer a centralized booking system, I'm not just going to sit here and complain about it. We have yeah. to try and improve it. We need to try to make it easier for our residents. And so we have in the city nine mass immunization clinics. They're open seven days a week. Uh, people can book at them at toronto.ca slash COVID-19. They're currently available for residents citywide over the age of 60 and in hotspots areas over the age of 45 and 
every every day they're full nearly every day but sometimes there are available slots and so vaccine hunters canada will now once a day be putting out a note on how many slots are available the following day at city clinics we expect they'll fill up quickly but we want to make sure that every shot goes into every arm we want to try to make it as easy as possible and you know frankly i'm not prepared to sit back and just criticize other levels of government i want to try and fix it Okay, so I'll I'll uh, I'll go along with that. I'll get on your train. I'll whoop whoop and jump on your train. It's it, it's an optimistic train in a very difficult period. <laughs> I'll try optimism on for size, and we'll see how it fits. Um, but uh, my pants are a little tight these days, so everybody's are with the pandemic. Let's talk about um, how you know you've been on the show before talking about partnerships, you know, with uh, community centers and different religious groups. So how did, how did this partnership with Vaccine Canada? Our Vaccine Hunters Canada get going with the city. Did you reach out to them or did they reach out to you? Uh, well, in, in Vaccine Hunters Canada, for, for those who aren't on Twitter, they're, uh, it's at Vax Hunters Can. Um, and they, last week, when the city, when we rolled out details on our sprint strategy to target the 13 highest risk neighborhoods in the city with mobile and pop-ups, uh, they tweeted at the mayor and myself and said, listen, uh, we hear you're running pop-up clinics. We'd like to help. Uh, and good on them. And, and so, you know, they reached out and we answered the call. And, and I hope that this is the start of a broader partnership. And, you know, if there is a model to the vaccine response uh, for us at the city, it is partnership. I mean, yes, we've partnered with Vaccine Hunters Canada. We've also partnered with 155 community agencies, mm-hmm. trusted local groups on the ground who are doing outreach to support people accessing clinics. We've partnered with Toronto Public Library to call all of their members and their senior members to help them register. Uh, we've, we've partnered with 280 neighborhood ambassadors to build vaccine trust in their communities. I mean, this vaccine campaign, success is when we all get the vaccine. And that means we all have to be a part of it. We need to lead as governments, but this won't succeed if we don't get everybody involved in every neighborhood of the city, Kelly. Okay, so people are going to now rush to vaccine. Vaccine Hunters Canada. When will the city be sharing the information about uh, appointments that they have available? Like what time should we start looking at that uh, Twitter feed? Yeah, so we every afternoon, uh, we will be sharing with Vaccine Hunters Canada uh, the, the number and the location of available appointments at city-run clinics for the following day. Uh, and then later in the afternoon, every day, Vaccine Hunters Canada will be posting. Uh, okay, what, when you say afternoon, I mean, that's pretty broad. Uh, around 4 p.m. Okay, I uh, love it. I won't speak for Vaccine Hunters Canada on exactly when they'll click the button, but yeah. it's intended to be around 4 every afternoon. And so l- let me give you an example. Um, you know, this week, all of our city-run clinics are fully booked, but we do have some remaining appointments available uh, at the Toronto Congress Centre and Cloverdale Mall next week. Uh, and so we're going to start, and then as supply increases, we expect that on a daily basis, there may be open slots. People cancel, things open up. And so this is just another way of ensuring that every dose is used and that people who are looking for vaccines, that they have a clear place to go. And I would tell you, I would say for listeners, if you want to register for a city-run clinic, there's nine of them, they're full every day, they're working fast, there aren't lineups, toronto.ca slash COVID-19, and you can go online and register. Okay, Joe, you said you're going to be optimistic. I have to turn our attention to the... uh the city committee turning down drinking in parks. People were really hopeful about that. What's your take on that? And can you make it, uh, you know, can you, can you put a, tie it up with a rose, ray of sunshine? 
Yeah, and and I'll tell you from my perspective, and I represent downtown Toronto. I mean, listen, people drink in parks today, um, and so. Uh, Good policy meets people where they're at. And so I'd like to see um, an openness around drinking in parks. And I think we need to approach that in a way that allows for people to have a glass of wine or a beer in a park that mitigates against harms such as, you know, don't bring a keg into the park, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and also to do this in a way that ensures that the rules are clear so that nobody nobody's ever confused am i going to get in trouble or not you know currently right now there's sort of um there's you know people are drinking in, in parks and and frankly you know bylaw officers don't give out tickets unless you're mm-hmm. throwing a big party but that can lead to confusion if you're sitting there in a park having a glass of wine you wonder am i going to get a ticket or not and nobody wants that scenario so i think we should uh explore um and be open to to allowing people to have a glass of wine or a tall can in a park uh but i think we need to make sure we do that in a thoughtful way to mitigate against any potential unintended consequences as i say such as a party with a keg in the park which is not yeah, intention. for sure but if if you uh roll it they can come because that's that's the case like if you're you know you can roll a keg into the park so <laughs> well, I mean, I, I must admit I haven't rolled a keg since high school, uh, so I can't remember how heavy it is. But I will say, but this is where we need to be thoughtful here. We recognize, especially during COVID, that people want to be outside and a lot of people don't have backyards. And so acknowledging mm-hmm. that there's a need to get people outside safely, acknowledging that people do have you know, a glass of wine or a beer in a park today, but doing so in a manner that is thoughtful and careful and clear so that we don't end up, which is not what we're looking for. We're talking about having a glass of wine or a beer in a park. We're not talking about throwing a party in a park. Um, and so that is the difference. And so I, I think it's a good thing to to look at that. Yesterday, the city committee asked staff to review options. Uh, and so they'll be coming back. And, and listen, I'm optimistic uh, as, a, as a downtown councillor that we'll find a way to make this work, because I think we should. Yeah, we'll party in the park eventually. I. Uh- <laughs> Hey, listen, when this is over, we are going to throw a rip-roaring party. There's no two ways about it. It's going to be a, a good time at the end of this this pandemic. We've got to celebrate the fact that we were so good and we got through it. Thank you so much. It's, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you uh, on the show and, and looking at things from your sunny point of view, Joe. And the pants aren't too tight, Kelly, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. I, I, I appreciate that. They're yoga pants. They're stretchy. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. All the best.